Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, and today we'll be talking about the curse of knowledge. Have you ever tried to explain something to someone and felt frustrated that they didn't get it? Or have you ever tried to be so confused by something that someone said outside and wondered how they could think that way? If so, you might have experienced the curse of knowledge, which is a cognitive bias that makes it hard for us to understand the perspective of those who have less information than us. This bias can affect our communication, teaching, learning, decision making, and more. In this podcast, we will talk about what the curse of knowledge is, how it affects us, and how we can overcome it. So let's dive into it. The curse of knowledge is a cognitive bias that occurs when we assume that others have the same information and background knowledge than we do, and we fail to account for the fact that they don't. The curse of knowledge can affect us in many ways, in many domains. For example, in education, teachers may have difficulty teaching beginners because they forget how hard it is to learn something for the first time. They may skip steps or make assumptions that are obvious to them, but not to students. This can lead to confusion, frustration, and poor learning outcomes. A classic study by Elizabeth Newton in 1990 demonstrated this effect. She asked participants to tap other rhythm of a well-known song, such as Happy Birthday, and estimated how likely it was that another participant would guess the song. The tappers estimated that the listeners would guess correctly 50% of the time. But in reality, the listeners only guessed correctly 22.5% of the time. The tappers were cursed by their knowledge of the song, and they couldn't imagine how hard it was for the listeners to decipher the taps without the melody or the lyrics. There are several psychological factors that make us susceptible to the curse of knowledge. One of them is memory. When we learn something new, we store it in our long-term memory, where it becomes integrated with our existing knowledge and schemas. This makes it hard for us to understand and recall what it was like when we didn't handle this information or to separate it into other informations. For example, if you are fluent in a foreign language, you may find it hard to remember how you learned it or isolate the grammar rules from the vocabulary. Another factor is our attention. When we communicate to others, we tend to focus on the information that is most salient and relevant to us, and we neglect the information that is less important and obvious to us. This can lead to us overlooking the information that's crucial for the other person to understand us, or to provide them too much or too little information for their knowledge. For example, if you're an expert in a certain field, you may focus on the details and nuances that interest you, and ignore the basic concepts and definitions that the other persons need to know to follow you. A third factor is perspective taking. This is the ability to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and see things from their point of view. Perspective taking requires empathy, imagination, and mental flexibility, and it can be influenced by factors such as our relationship with the other person, our mood, and our motivation. And a fourth factor is a mental stimulation. This is the ability to imagine how someone else would think or act in a given situation based on their knowledge or goals. Mental simulation requires us to use our own knowledge and experiences as a reference point and adjust it according to other person's situation. However, this process can be biased to our own knowledge and expectations, and it can affect the complexity and uncertainty of the situation. The curse of knowledge can cause many challenges and problems in various areas of life. 
one of them is communication. The curse of knowledge can make it hard for us to communicate effectively with others, especially when we have different levels of knowledge and expertise on a topic. When we use words or expressions that the other person doesn't understand, or we may omit or assume information that the other person doesn't have. This can lead to misunderstanding, confusion, frustration, or an, and a loss of trust. For example, you are a doctor. You may know you may use technical terms that your patient doesn't understand, or you may assume that they know how to take their medication or follow their treatment plan without explaining it clearly. This can result in poor patient satisfaction, compliance, and outcomes. Another area is teaching. The curse of knowledge can make it very hard for us to teach effectively, especially when we're teaching beginners or novices. We may have difficulty breaking down complex concepts into simple and clear explanations, or we may skip or gloss over important steps or details. We all may also have the difficulty assessing the student's prior knowledge and learning needs and providing appropriate feedback or guidance. This can lead to poor student engagement, motivation, and performance. The curse of knowledge can be overcome with strategies and techniques that can help us bridge the gap between the level of knowledge of ours and the knowledge of others. One of them is testing our assumptions. This means checking whether the information that we have is new or used is accurate, relevant, or sufficient for the other persons to understand us or for us to understand them. We can test our assumptions by asking questions, verify facts, or conducting experiments. This can help us avoid errors, misunderstandings, and conflicts. For example, if you're a lawyer, you can test your assumptions by asking your client about their situations, goals, and expectations, or by verifying the facts and evidence of their case, or by conducting a mock trial to test your arguments and strategies. Another strategy is asking for feedback. This means seeking input from the other person about their perspective, perceive, and how they perceive interpret or respond to our information or actions. We can ask for feedback by using open-ended questions, surveys, or ratings, or by observing their behavior or reactions. This can help us improve our clarity, effectiveness, and our report. For example, if you're a writer, you can ask for feedback by using questions such as, what do you think of that story? Do you understand the main message? How do you feel about the characters? or by using surveys or ratings to measure reader's satisfaction, engagement, or comprehension, or by observing their comments or reviews. A third strategy is to simplify our language. This means using words or expressions that are easy to understand, familiar, or appropriate for the other person's level of knowledge and context. We can simplify our language by avoiding using jargon, acronyms, or technical terms or by explaining them clearly, or by using synonyms, definitions, or descriptions. This can help you clear our, you can, this can help us increase our accessibility, credibility, and persuasiveness. For example, if you're a scientist, you can simplify your language by avoiding terms such as photosynthesis, chlorophyll, and carbohydrate, or by explaining them clearly, such as the process by which plants make their own food using sunlight, water, and a green substance called chlorophyll, or by using synonyms, definitions, or descriptions, such as how plants eat, the green stuff in plants, or a type of sugar. A fourth strategy is using an analogies or examples. 
This may using comparisons or illustrations that are familiar, relevant, and meaningful for the other person, and that can help us relate or to, or to or visualize our information or actions. We can use analogies and examples by finding similarities or differences between our information or actions and something that the other person knows or experiences, or by using stories, scenarios, or cases that demonstrate our information or actions in the action. This can help us increase our interest, engagement, and retention. For example, if you're a teacher, you can use analogies and examples by finding similarities in between the concepts of fractions and something that the student knows or experiences, such as pizza slices, chocolate bars, or coins, or by using stories, scenarios, or cases that demonstrate the concept of fractions and actions, such as sharing a pizza, buying a chocolate bar, or making change. Overcoming the curse of knowledge can bring many benefits and advantages to us and to others. One of them is better communication. Overcoming the curse of knowledge can help us communicate more effectively with others, especially when we have different levels of knowledge and expertise on a topic. We can convey our information or messages more clearly, accurately, and persuasively, and we can understand information or messages of others more easily correctly and empathetically. This can lead to more understanding, cooperation, and satisfaction. For example, if you're a doctor, overcoming the curse of knowledge can help you communicate more effectively with your patients by using simple and clear language, by providing relevant and sufficient information, by asking for feedback, and using analogies and examples. Overcoming the curse of knowledge can also help us teach more effectively, especially when we're teaching beginners or novices. We can de design and deliver our instructions more appropriately, efficiently, and engagingly. And we can assess the and support our students learning more ac accurately, effectively, and empathetically. This could lead to more en engagement and motivation to learn. For example, if you're a math teacher, overcoming the curse of knowledge can help you teach more effectively by testing your assumptions, simplifying your language, and asking for feedback, using analogies and examples. A third benefit is better learning. This because overcoming the curse of knowledge can help us more learn effectively, especially when we're learning from someone who has more knowledge or expertise than us. We can process and retain information or skills more deeply and we can apply and transfer information or skills more flexibly, creatively, and successfully. This can lead to better comprehension and interest in the topic. A fourth benefit is better decision-making. Overcoming the curse of knowledge can help us make better decisions, especially when we're trying to communicate with different people. We can evaluate where our options are objective, rational, and comprehensive. And this can lead to more quality, satisfaction, and success. For example, if you're a manager, overcoming the curse of knowledge can help you make better decisions by testing your assumptions, simplifying your language, or asking for feedback. This can lead to more success among your team and better team outcomes and experiences. That's all for today's podcast on the curse of knowledge. We learned what the curse of knowledge is, how it affects us, and how we can overcome it. We can also learn about benefits and advantages of overcoming the curse of knowledge that can bring us, bring to us and other people. 
The main message or takeaway is that the crystal of knowledge is a common and powerful cognitive bias that can impair our communication, teaching, learning, decision making, and other areas of life. But it can help us. But it can be overcome with strategies and techniques that can help us bridge the gap between our knowledge and the knowledge of others. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and learned something new and useful. Bye for now.